We're live, Ryan. What's up, baby? Hey, what's going on, Dustin? How's it going, everybody? This is Dad Ball. I'm Ryan Heckman. You're also looking at or listening to my partner here, Dustin Hart. And uh, what is Dad Ball? We always start out by talking what Dad Ball is. We're basically just two dudes that love football and love our family. Uh, but we love our family more. We love our kids more. It's a tough battle sometimes between football and our kids, but, you know, we, we kind of have to, right? No, totally kidding. We love our families way more, way more than football, but football's a close second. Dad ball, we exist really as an outlet to talk about football uh, for dads that might be too busy to catch up on some of the latest headlines or news or opinion. Because uh, like us, we are insanely busy, two of the busiest people we both know personally. But we try to do this as an escape, and we also want to leave you dads feeling encouraged and lifted up. Um, we typically go into some of the dad stuff, we call it, towards the end after we're done talking football. So it's something different, something new that we hadn't seen before, and we thought it would be fun and, and kind of interesting to start up. So that's what Dad Ball is. All right. We are uh, talking tonight about – running backs. And actually we're going to touch on Dustin's quarterbacks because our last episode, Dustin was still getting ready for hashtag get me Gary V, which we'll actually start talking about to begin with, even though that has nothing to do with football. Although Gary did touch on sports a little bit here. Kind of cool. Um, funny thing before I let Dustin take the floor about this, uh, I was lucky enough to get to meet Gary uh, and sit down and have dinner with he and a few people. And he, he went on this uh, little rant about Michael Jordan at one point and looked at me and pointed at me when he called Michael Jordan a uh, not so nice term. Cause he knew he saw my bears hat. He knew I was a, he knew I was a sports fan and long story short, actually I, I had met Gary before and he kind of remembered me. He knew I was a Chicago sports fan. And so when, when I went up to take a picture with him, he kind of looked at me and he goes, Hey, thanks for coming out. I remember you, man, you and your pops, how you doing? Hey, did you like that little Michael Jordan slide? I knew that you'd like that. I, that's why I looked at you and winked. And I was like, man. And in fact, so if you guys go on my social media and you see the picture that I tweeted out with him, I'm like, cheesing so hard because I was right in the middle of laughing when he took my phone and took a selfie. So uh, kind of a funny moment. Really cool event. Dustin, I mean, if you guys have been listening or watching, you know for the last few months, Dustin's life has been completely encaptured by one man and event, Gary Vanderchuk. And I'll be the first to say this dude and his crew pulled it off. Dustin, how are you feeling after Get Me Gary V? <laughs> I'm like, it's, it's kind of a whirlwind of emotions, right? Like I'm a, I'm just like kind of relieved that it's over. Um, it was, it was just a ton of work, but on the flip side, like I'm kind of sad, right? Like whenever you gear up for something so huge, um, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like with football, like the entire off season, all we do is get ramped up for the season and then the season comes. And then before you know it, it's the Super Bowl, And then you're like, well, crap, like now I'm just sad. But then I'm also kind of like, Oh, I don't have to look at fantasy for a little while or, you know, like whatever. Um, so yeah, it's just a mixed bag of emotions, man. But it was, uh, it was incredible. For those of you that don't know, the reason Gary hates Michael Jordan so much is because he's a, it's a lifelong Knicks fan. And uh, as anybody knows, uh, Michael Jordan is probably the single reason the Knicks uh, weren't able to do anything back when they had Ewing and all those guys. So, uh, 
so he hates Michael Jordan with a passion. Um, but no, man, it was uh, it was great. It was incredible. Um, now it's just on to the next thing. Yeah. So for you, you guys that don't know, Dustin uh, and his his company that he works with, um, they were responsible for almost the entire event. Dustin was running a lot of the social media um, advertisements and running all those every single day to try to get people to, to fill up the seats and, and really just prove to Gary how much he meant to them and how much this event meant to them. And man, they pulled it off. It was an incredible event. It was one of a kind, like Dustin, you told me, man, it was one of a kind, nothing we had ever seen before, nothing Gary had ever done before. And it was a blast. So, all right, enough about that. Let's go into our highs and lows of this week. Dustin, kick it off. Your high and low. Yeah, so um, you know, I'll I'll actually uh, I'll actually kick it off back with back to the Gary V thing. For me, um, my high was obviously Friday, right? And and a, a lot of people would ask, well, yeah, but what's that have to do with being a dad? <laughs> For me, a lot of the things you know, Gary touched a lot on parenting. Um, and, and the dinner event and some of the things that he shared just kind of further solidified me and just knowing like, um, you know, I am my own person and I'm going to parent how I want to parent regardless of what society might tell me to do or not tell me to do or um, what the rest of our family says is okay or is not okay. Like at the end of the day, I'm responsible to father my child and I'm right. going to do that my way regardless of what anyone else thinks. Right. Um, uh, you know, how much my kid is or is not on technology, how much he does or does not do this. Like at the end of the day, a lot of the opinions that get thrown around anyways are from people that raised kids 20 years ago, 30, 40 years ago. And they don't understand like society has changed and there are things that have become uh, more or less important. You know, one of the things Gary touched on was um, I want my kids on technology as much as possible when everybody else is, is telling like is romantic about their kids playing outside to me i think it's somewhere in between right like i'm not gonna force technology on my kid but also at the same point like if she wants to play around in her kindle like i'm not i'm not upset right um so that was my high the low is that i'm going to canada on thursday and so this event took over basically my entire weekend you know um I was telling Ryan before the podcast, yeah, the event was Friday, but I didn't get home until five in the morning on Saturday. My kid uh, woke me up for a little bit and then I I went to a mastermind and some other things for the whole day and then I didn't get home until two o'clock this morning. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we spent most of the day today together, but that event took up, you know, pretty much my entire weekend prior to leaving, uh, late for a week and I've never been away from her for that long, especially not being able to talk to her. Like we're going to Canada, like 14 hours away in the most remote area possible. There will, there's no cell phone reception or anything. So I can't even talk to her for a week and it's going to drive me bonkers. Um, so that's definitely my high and my low. How about you, Ryan? Well, I was going to say, uh, if you don't have any cell phone reception, because I love you and care about you, like if something crazy does happen and you like are in a near death experience, just bring like a smoke signal or something, something that somebody can see so that, uh, you know, you don't die. Maybe that. Would yeah. We're, we'll definitely be prepared. There's like 20 of us going too. So that's <laughs> <good>. <laughs> all right. So for me, my high, uh, I've got a few. So 
Football is officially back, and it kicked off with my Bears taking on the Ravens in the Hall of Fame game. And as we'll get to in a little bit, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony with my favorite football player to ever grace a football field, Brian Urlacher. So the game was incredible. The uh, you know having having football back and the the ceremony was great. Um, <clears throat> obviously, saw Gary V. Got to meet him. That was really cool. But my high as a dad was seeing my son, who went with my wife and my daughter. Those three left for a couple days this week to go to South Dakota to see her parents and also her grandpa. So Malachi saw his great grandpa, who uh, had seen him when. Malachi was maybe four months old. So Malachi wouldn't remember it. So Malachi really, truly, you know, in a sense, met his great grandpa on my my wife's side for the first time. And when I was sitting here at work, one of the days that they were gone, I got a picture sent to me of Malachi sitting on his lap and both of them were laughing. And it was a great photo. And I was instantly, instantly the thought in my head was, and you know, I mean, I, we don't know how much longer he has. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not sick or anything like that, but he's, you know, he's up there in age and we don't, you know, we don't know when that time comes, but when it does, that photo is going to be absolutely priceless. And one that I know that my wife will look back on and just really smile about. So seeing that picture and that moment where they really got to interact and laugh with each other was, was definitely my high. Dude. Yeah. And I, I can rock with that. Cause, um, we Haley's um, grandpa, who's like really the patriarch of our family, um, he passed away a few years ago, and um, he met it the day before he passed away in a motorcycle accident. Um, he got to meet Layton for the first time, so we have one picture with him, and we'll always only have that one photo. And every time I look at it, I still cry. Like he was one of my favorite people ever, ever in the planet. Like. He's just the nicest, most genuine, humble, like incredible person. So pictures really, really are super valuable. When you can get them, you have to. Yeah, and that kind of on a tangent here, guys, you know, as men, a lot of men don't like to take pictures. They're just like, whatever, I don't care, you know. Honey, take a picture. Oh, whatever. Listen, dads, Dustin hit on a point right there, okay? Get with technology, pay for iCloud or Google storage. Look, I pay 10 bucks a month and I get a terabyte of storage for my photos and videos. And guess what? I'll probably fill that up in the next 10 years and I'll have to do something about it to get more to clear it up because I take a ton of pictures. Take pictures of your kids together, take them with other family, take, them, take videos of them playing together or them just doing whatever throughout the day because you will want to look back on and take photos. Don't be too big for that. Put aside your pride, get out your phone, take photos. Anyways, my low was over the last 24 to 36 hours, my seven-month-old daughter, Addison. Um, Dustin, I can't believe, by the way, I mean, to kind of shed light on this situation a little bit, it's taken us, what, 11 episodes now? We're both dads with young kids, and it's taken us 11 episodes to talk about poop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know um, how that's possible. <laughs> so my seven-month-old, uh, in all seriousness, man, if you ever had a, a young kid like that that has dealt with not being able to go and, you know, the constipation thing, 
you got to go at, at one point and get these things called suppositories. And um, as adults, they're definitely not pretty. I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. But uh, for your kid, man, I mean, like my seven-month-old daughter was just screaming in pain last night. Um, I mean, the most pain I've ever seen her in, the loudest I've ever heard her scream. And then today it happened two more times and we finally, you know, got the situation under control and we think that that's it. We think that she's okay. Um, but seeing her in so much pain and just shaking and bright red, she doesn't know what's going on, screaming in pain. And, and like I said, just her body was shaking. So that was the low and it was not fun to watch, uh, tough to handle as a dad. Uh, but there it is, Dad Ball episode eleven. We finally talked about poop. You're welcome. You're so welcome, everybody listening. All right. With that said, let's get on to some news and and quickly into um, kind of a little uh, a little game or activity. So, a couple things. First of all, let's touch on the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame game was. Uh, for me, it was great. I don't care that the starters didn't play. I'm sure Dustin, you're going to feel the same way when your saints take the field, no matter who's on the field. I don't want any of our starters to play. I don't care if they don't play at yeah. all in the preseason. Like for that's, the love of God, I don't care. That's exactly what I said about Thursday. I was glad that no stars were out there. Quick highlights for me, probably similar for you. RG three looked great. I hope he gets a job with another team after this preseason. Cause I don't think they're going to keep three quarterbacks. No. Um, Lamar Jackson looked awful. Uh, kid, you're going to have to learn to throw the ball in the NFL and not take off and run every time, okay? This isn't college. You need to figure out how to go through your progressions. Like, from the very first snap he took, the very first time he dropped back, he looked through, like, half a progression and took off. I wish those listening to the podcast and not watching could see my surprise face. <laughs> Ryan. Yeah, yeah, Lamar Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you Dustin, yep, go ahead. Like true or false during the draft, did you were we not texting back and forth about Lamar Jackson and whether New Orleans would take him or not? Yep. And I my my exact response back to you was for the love of God, do not take Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and uh they didn't. They took Davenport. End of story for the Saints, thank goodness. He, and I'd rather give up a first-round pick and take Davenport than get Lamar Jackson. He is going to be a bust if I've ever seen one. Mark my freaking words. Yeah, Dustin's been pretty passionate about Lamar for a while. Uh, for me, it's kind of been up in the air. I, I was kind of rooting for him, especially because of all the teams that wanted him to convert to wide receiver. You know, It's kind of like that. I'm going to prove you wrong mentality, which is great. I think everybody can get behind something like that, you know, say I can't and I will, but look at it, Terrell Pryor. He didn't look good. He didn't look good. Terrell Pryor um, basically was told the same thing. You can either convert to wide receiver or you're not going to play in the NFL. Yeah. So <laughs> look what happened. Um, for anybody that didn't see the game or maybe you did, obviously the one standout, especially in the second half was seventh round pick out of Georgia receiver Javon Wims for the bears folks that cat can play. He was the number one wide receiver, the number one target on a Georgia bulldog football team in the national championship and fell to the seventh round. 
he fell because they had so many mouths to feed. But the dude is six foot four, two ten, and all he does is go up and make unbelievable catches. I saw a video, in fact, today of him against Kyle Fuller in camp, and Fuller's a pretty darn good corner. And Wims beat Fuller. I mean, there was no question. He he has a step ahead of him the whole way. I mean, zip beat him, gone. Beat Fuller down the field. Wims is the real deal. And if it's if it's my team, I'm coaching. I'm saying Javon, you hop up there ahead of Kevin White. Kevin, which by the way, hold on a second. Kevin White didn't even play. Out of all the guys on the Bears roster that need reps, he should need the most. What has he proven over his first three years? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. He has not proven a thing. Is he a first-round pick? Sure. Is he the seventh overall pick that year? Sure. I don't care. Trent Richardson was, was in the same shoes, and look what, he, look what happened. We see flops all the time. Busts, flops, whatever you want to call them. They happen. Kevin White has proven absolutely nothing, and the fact that he was not on the field on Thursday night – was the it's the only time that I've questioned Matt Nagy so far over this entire office offseason and I still trust Nagy but I don't know if that means that he earned a spot already on the roster I I would think it does I would think that he's pretty safe and that scares me because Javon Wims looked amazing heck I can't stand Josh Bellamy but Josh Bellamy looked decent that night too and that was scary so I don't think Kevin White should be you know on the sidelines. I don't think he, I think he should, I think he should have suited up plain and simple. He should have suited up. Yeah. It um, makes you wonder what they're seeing behind the scenes. Like they've got to think his value is at least worth it. Like, I mean, the guy pretty much hasn't seen the field in three years cause he can't stay healthy. I mean, he's played in seven games. I'm kind of shocked that they haven't released him. Well, I mean, they didn't pick up his option this year, so I mean, they didn't, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option, I, I should say. All right, anyways, let's move on. We, I could talk all night about the Hall of Fame game, and no one wants to hear that. So, <laughs> Dustin, who was your favorite player to watch from this year's Hall of Fame class? Because I feel like a lot of the guys are guys that you and I grew up watching and that really kind of stirred our love for the game. So, out of everybody inducted, who was your favorite to watch? Um. So again, and I know I know we touched a little bit th- uh, about this before in a previous podcast, but for me, um, it's got to be To man. I mean, that guy was electrifying. Um, you know, all the all the drama, crap, whatever. I'm talking strictly about football. You can have whatever opinion you want about all the drama that that surrounded To throughout his career, but um, the guy is clearly a Hall of Fame receiver. He should have been a first ballot. Um, I mean, most people would argue he's one of the best two receivers of all time, if not top two, top three. Um, most people, I think, would still say that. And, dude, he was entertaining before it was cool, right? Like, um, I think he he would probably fit in much better with today's NFL just because, oh, like, yeah. they allowed the celebrations and all. Oh, like, yeah. now you'd be praised for it. Back then, it was, what what are you doing? Like, who do you think you are? And now that stuff's just commonplace. So. Um, for me, it would have to be T.O. The guy was electrifying on the field, and um, I'm personally, I'm, I'm glad to see him finally get in the hall. I am too, but he should have been at the ceremony. Anyways. Agreed. Obviously, if you're looking at me right now, the hat I'm wearing, if you know anything about me, my favorite player from this year's class, my favorite football player of all time, is Brian Urlacher. 
And um, I won't say a lot because I could. His speech was great. Uh, I really, really enjoyed his speech. It was very genuine. What stuck out to me about his speech, I'll say this, then we can move on. The, 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 the one thing that stuck out the most is he said after football games, people would ask him about his performance. And he said, I never really wanted to get into that. I didn't want to talk about, you know, my two sacks or interception return for a touchdown or whatever. I wanted to talk about, oh, how did, how did Peanut Tillman do? Or how did Lance do? Or how, how, did, how did Mike do? How, how, how'd, they, how'd they perform? How, how was their game? He said, I never wanted to talk about my own performance because I just didn't care. I wanted to talk about everybody else's performance and talk about how good my teammates looked out there. And that was pretty cool. Um, one of the best linebackers to ever play the game. And like I said, really stirred my love for football from a young age and, and kind of got me hooked on not only the Bears, but, but football overall. So definitely Urlacher. Love it. All right. Let's play a, a game here, a little activity. And uh, there's no funny or quirky name. We're just going to say, how concerned are you on a scale of 1 to 10 if you're a fan of this team that it affects? So we'll start. Dustin, as a Patriots fan, how concerned are you that Sony Michelle had a minor procedure on his knee and he's out at least 10 days, but should be back by week one. Uh, I'm probably going to be at a one as a Patriots fan, just because it's not a major injury. And honestly, even if it sat him out this whole year, dude, it's, it's the Patriots. Um, no matter who they have at running back, they always find a way to have the running back position, um, you know, give, give a positive, uh, performance and they always do it by committee. That's just kind of how Belichick likes to run the system. I mean, they still have, you know, Rex Burkhead's coming back healthy. They still have a guy like James White. Um, I know Gillisley didn't really perform up to what most people thought he would last year, but it could be better with another year under their system. And, and, you know, it might just be the fact that he's, he doesn't do well in a committee either way. They have talent on, at the running back spot. So even if Michelle, even if you said, oh, he's going to be out all year, I'd still probably be like, as a Pats fan, probably a one, just because they have talent there. Um, but also understanding they need Michelle for the depth at the very least, because there's always a shot somebody else gets hurt, right? Like Rex went down last year. So Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would tend to agree with you. The only concern I would have is, as a fan, I would not want to see Gillisley or Jeremy Hill get any reps. We don't even know if Jeremy Hill is going to make the team, but uh, I, I don't want them. I don't want them to see the field uh, if they don't have to. So I'm with you. I would say a one. <clears throat> I know you might have an interesting opinion on this next one. So apparently, uh, I, I would never wish any ill will on this guy, but the fact that the media always wants to compare him and Mitchell Trubisky, when this guy has gotten one start, didn't even throw a touchdown, Mr. Patrick Mahomes is throwing interceptions left and right in training camp. We're talking multiple per day, days in a row, and some of them really, really bad. As a Chiefs fan, how would you feel reading these reports or seeing these these happen live? 
either I feel really good that our defense is solid. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, did Eric how Barry, do you want to spin it? How do you want to spin it? Did Eric Berry pick those all off or like, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm probably somewhere in the middle, man. I, I think I'd probably be at a five. Um, there's a whole lot of hype on Pat Mahomes and people can say whatever they want about Alex Smith. But the fact of the matter is Alex Smith is a solid quarterback. Is he Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers? No, he's also not uh, Jameis Winston, Ryan Tannehill, or Andy Dalton. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's a solid quarterback, um, and he had them firing on all cylinders last year. I mean, that might have been his best year as a pro. Oh um, yeah, without a doubt, he was he was really really good last year. So, it, I was shocked when they let Alex Smith go, and, and so for me, I was like, wow. I was too. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know if you were like me. Did you get that alert, like that news alert, and you kind of look down and you go, wait, what? Say what? Like, I mean, like, I was shocked. Yeah, part of me was like, okay, I know that they were going to go with Mahomes next year, but wow, they're going to trade Alex Smith? Like, I mean, and, and Alex Smith's at the top of his game, so maybe I shouldn't have been as shocked. Maybe it was just, you know, you get a crazy news alert on your phone and you love to go crazy. You love to go, you know over the top sometimes like, Whoa, can you believe what happened? But I mean, I was kind of surprised that they traded him. Um, but then on, the, then on the other hand, I'm not, I, it's just, it's a weird scenario. It's a weird scenario. I'm not so shocked. They traded Alex Smith. Like I, I could see that making sense. I just, I thought it was a little early. Right. Um, so it I was, thought, yeah, that's, that's what it was. You nailed it. That's exactly what it was. I, I think that sums it up perfectly for me. Like I was shocked, but I wasn't shocked, but it was, really early after the season for them to trade him. Yeah. And so I just thought like, all right, well, I guess they must know something about Pat Mahomes that we don't like, they must really believe in this kid, especially Andy Reed is like a veteran coach. Like he knows what he's looking for. Um, part of me says <sighs> it's the most important position in football. I mean, they're, they have a lot of talent on that offensive side of the ball, including yeah. my boy Kareem Hunt. So my hope is just that Mahomes dumps it off to Hunt every freaking down, and he might not have a choice because um, they don't have anybody else. Like, it's Pat Mahomes or bust. So um, we'll see, man. Uh, I, I'm probably at about a five because, you know, a lot of the training camp stuff, it's take it with a grain of salt. But – it's also it's it's also kind of telling, right? So I'm probably at a five until we see, you know, actual game time what he looks like. Yeah, I I don't know I don't know if I'm that high. If I'm a Chiefs fan and I know that we've got so much talent on the offensive side and we've got Andy Reid, I'd probably be at about a three. It's not going to be pretty to watch in camp, but like you said, if he's if he comes out and in his first preseason action throws two picks in two series or something like that. Okay, then we then we got a problem. Then we got a problem. Um, all right, so I'm going to take the lead on this next one. I, I can't wait till this is not a topic. Uh, I'm 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 serious, man. I can't wait. Roquan Smith's not signed yet. Still the only rookie left unsigned. How concerned am I on a scale of one to ten? <sighs> I I mean. He's going to be on the field eventually. I, I have no doubt in my mind, but I'm getting a little nervous that we might have a Joey Bosa situation on our hands here where it comes down to one of the last days in August and then we see a deal. 
And then in that case, it's on a player-to-player basis. Roquan Smith, no doubt, is a great talent. But, uh, I mean, if you miss all of camp. You need those reps, dude. Rookies need those reps. Concern. Um, I'm concerned that he's not in camp. I'm concerned that he might not blossom as the player that he's going to be right away. Because I think if he was in camp, I know I have no doubt, week one I think we'd see a playmaker. So it might take a couple of weeks. I don't know. And I, and I don't know if concern is the right word. Um, upset, anxious, those are probably better words as, as, as a fan, as a Bears fan for me. So concern, I don't know. Uh, all those feelings together, I'm at about a six. I'm, I'm getting kind of antsy, like, okay, let's, let's get something done and get him in camp and get him some reps, please. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, Ryan's a lot more passionate about this than I am, obviously, being a, being a Bears guy. Um, I, I don't even know how to rank this, to be honest. Just like, what, it, if, what if it was Marcus Davenport? He hasn't taken a snap yet. He hasn't showed up at camp at all. Like, say it was Davenport, how concerned would you be? Or how anxious or how, like, angry – Oh, probably like an eight, especially, okay. but I mean, every, every situation is different, right? Cause for me, I'm going like, okay, we spent our first round pick. Plus we gave up a first round pick next year to grab this guy. Right. I right. want him in freaking camp. So like, it's, it's a little different of a situation, but I, I get what you mean. Like if I was a bears fan, I'd probably be at like a seven or an eight, you know, just like, let's get this wrapped up. Like, let's go. We're, we're right. a few weeks away from the regular season starting. Um, and clearly, like, you want that guy going game speed. I mean, that's a thing, too. Like, who knows what kind of work he's putting in outside of camp? And the worst part is, okay, let's assume he gets that contract signed and the deal's done, but maybe he doesn't get in game shape for four to five weeks. You know what I mean? Like, so who knows? Um, but I would probably be at, like, a seven or an eight on that if I were a Bears, Bears fan. So... That's pretty high. All right, let's stack these next two together. Um, Put yourself in the shoes of a Raiders fan or a Seahawks fan, and all things considered, looking at the team outlooks and everything, uh, we'll say this. I mean, Earl Thomas has made it clear that he wants to be traded if they're not going to extend him. Khalil Mack, I don't think, has come out and said anything about wanting to be traded yet. Uh, He just wants his money. So those things considered – who should be more concerned at this point, and where's their number between Seahawks and Raiders fans with these guys? Um, if it's me, I'm probably more concerned as a Seahawks fan, um, just because Earl Thomas is really one of the few like big playmakers they they have on that team, and it's pretty clear he wants out. I mean, it's it's been that way for a while now, but I think once once Richard Sherman. Uh, got released then it was a wrap he's like nope I'm done because he and Earl Thomas were super close um so as soon as Sherman got released I think it was just a done deal like um he's leaning pretty heavily towards trying to play for Dallas right well that's what people think I mean he famously you know walked up after the game was like hey if you guys uh can come get me do it you know so yeah so I think for me it's it's the Seahawks and Earl Thomas um you know, Mac could just, you know, it could be another 
Le'Veon Bell type situation or, um, you know, Odell or whatever, like as soon as talks start happening, even if a, even if a deal's not done yet, you could see him show up. Um, so for me, I think it's, it's probably going to be the Seahawks. Um, and I also think Earl Thomas leaving that team would just be like, okay, for sure. We just saw the end of an era. Yeah, I mean, it, it's coming. The Legion of Boom is now – I heard it on a podcast the other day. They said it's now the Legion of whom? <laughs> uh, which That's is pretty true. accurate. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would actually honestly uh, – I don't know. Um, I feel like if I'm a Seahawks fan, the writing's kind of on the wall. So am I concerned? I don't know. I, I might be more concerned if I'm a, a Raiders fan because as far as we know, he still wants to be in Oakland. And I know you can say whatever you want about John Gruden putting together a team of just old dudes, but you at least have a, a name like John Gruden to get everybody excited again. And Khalil Mack is the only hope that you have for your defense not to get ran over every single play because they don't have a lot, especially in the secondary. They don't have a lot at all. So um, I might be more concerned if I'm a Raiders fan. And at this point, if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm right up there like an eight or a nine. And I'm just, just begging my team, pay him, please. Uh, otherwise, you might have a Le'Veon Bell situation. Like you said, he might just end up getting the heck out. And uh, – you know, we know that this is Le'Veon's last season. So, all right. You know, I needed to touch on that, though. Like, are you kind of surprised that the Steelers haven't tried trading Le'Veon for something? Uh, I don't know. I mean, at this point. Because he's made it pretty clear. Like, I'm not re-signing here. Like, I'm done. Like, even if you offer me a big contract, I'm not signing here. Yeah, and it's it's kind of reminiscent of, like, what we just saw with Kawhi Leonard in the NBA. You know, he wanted out. And Toronto paid up, even though you're going, all right, you paid up for him, but is he going to stick around? So there's that whole aspect too. Like, you know, you can trade for a player under the franchise tag, I believe, if, if uh, you know, the team lifts the tag and is willing to get a deal done, if they can get something in return. So am I surprised? I don't know. I mean, it's a little different in the NFL too, though, than the NBA, right? Because like, you know, guys in the NBA, their contracts are all fully guaranteed and they have a like one player, you know, a guy like a Kawhi or a LeBron or whatever, like those guys obviously have a much larger impact on the game, like a single game than, than any good, given football player. Um, but being fully guaranteed, they can kind of be a little bit more choosy with where they want to go. More oftentimes with football players, I just kind of see like they're going to go where the money is. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I don't so know. That's a, good, that's a good point. But uh, we'll see. All right. Lastly, before we get into our running backs, and you're actually going to go through your quarterbacks, I know. So Josh Gordon is not in camp still. He's not going to be there on Tuesday as of, as of today. That was just reported. He's receiving – some help for his anxiety and he obviously used to turn to drugs and alcohol to try to cope with that. Obviously now he has no choice because if he does it, he's done as a Browns fan. Are you concerned? Are you buying this? Like it seems like weird timing. Um, somebody also came out and said that 
maybe Josh Gordon didn't want to be around all the cameras at training camp with hard knocks, so he's not there. I don't know. This whole situation is weird. It's really weird. I don't think I'm concerned yet. Um, and the only reason I say that is because I'm sure Browns fans, along with tons of other NFL fans, um, follow Josh Gordon on Instagram and watch what he's doing. The dude is <laughs> still working out every single day like a workhorse. I mean, he's putting in work. So it's not like he's just chilling on a couch, sitting, waiting around. Like, there's no contract dispute or anything like that. I think at this point, Josh Gordon is probably just telling himself, like, okay, what do I have to do to set myself up for the most success possible? And if this is the answer to that, then good for him. Uh, I'm not concerned at this point. Like, like I said, he's not holding out for, for a deal or anything like that. I, I think he's just trying to keep as much attention off of him as possible. Now, granted, that could be uh, to his detriment when the season does start and all of a sudden you have no choice who I mean who knows how the situation works out we'll have to we'll have to see but at this point I mean I don't I don't think there's really much reason I would be concerned but who knows we'll we'll see how that shakes out I'm really pulling for the dude because he's like he's a hall of fame talent if he can freaking keep it together that's why I think the Browns are going to be super dangerous if he can keep it together and he gets on that field with Jarvis and all those other weapons they got there I mean sky's the limit they could, they could definitely surprise some people, that's for sure. So it's just it's a weird situation. If I was a Browns fan, I'd put my concern at about a three just because it's such a weird situation. But anyways, Dustin, you missed uh, my single episode that I decided to throw out last week just because I know that you were probably insanely busy with Gary V stuff and um, couldn't make it on. But either way. Let's try to go pretty quick. What three quarterbacks are you excited to watch and which three are you not excited to watch next year? Yeah, so this, I'll try to go this season. Sorry. I'll try to go a little bit rapid fire on this one. Um to no surprise for Ryan, for me, um, my number one is gonna be Deshaun Watson. Uh picked him up in our fantasy keeper league and I get him for my last round pick. Holler. And it's a two QB league. So win. <laughs> um but I'm just excited for Houston, man. Like, they finally have a legit quarterback. DeAndre Hopkins is finally getting a guy that can actually get him the football. Um, so I'm, I'm just excited to watch that team. Like, I'm, I'm probably a closet uh, Texans fan, like, for whatever reason. I just I, – I like the, the folks they have on that team. J.J. Um, Watt. I love J.J. Watt. And uh, I'm also a huge fan of the head coach. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch Deshaun Watson. I don't know what else to say. Um, and then uh, for, for me for a second, and Ryan's going to hate this one, and actually I hate that I'm saying it, I think Kirk Cousins is going to tear it up in Minnesota. I, <laughs> Case Keenum, like I'm, I'm on the record, I think he's going to crash and burn, even though reports are he's like doing good things in training camp. Like training camp's one thing. That remains to be seen. But I don't think Case Keenum was nearly as good as people think he was last year. And Kirk Cousins is like, I, I just think he's going to rip it up in Minnesota. I really hope do. Not. <laughs> I, I, hope, I, I, hope I hope not, but I tend to agree with you because I also like Kirk Cousins. So I've been, every, everybody who's a Vikings fan has been asking me like, oh, what do you think about the Vikings? I'm like, honestly, 
I think you guys can win the Super Bowl, and it's just a matter of everybody staying healthy. That's what I think. Can we talk about something else now? Yeah, I hate it, but I have to. I have to uh, remain um, open, right? Yeah. Got to be fair. Uh, my third is Andrew Luck. I, I really want to see him come back strong. I I hate in any sport seeing guys lose their career to an injury. Like they put their entire lives into this one sport and they don't get to do it for very long for their life. So when you, when you see a guy lose his career to injury, it's like, it's one of the saddest things in the world. Right. Um, and so I, I'm just really pulling for Andrew Luck. And if he stays healthy, I, I love watching the kid. I think he's, he's probably one of the smartest QBs in the NFL. He's, he's very cerebral. Um, so yeah, I, I hope he stays healthy. I'll be super excited to watch him. My uh, three least favorite that I'm not excited to watch at all. Number one is going to be Mr. Andy Dalton. Uh, Hold on. Are they the three quarterbacks that you referenced in a row like 20 minutes ago? Potentially. <laughs> um, and that was just off the top of my head. I but- just – I just figured that out. Like you, you strung those three together, and I'm like, wait a second. I know where he went. I know where he pulled those names out from. Just rapid fire. <laughs> um, Anyways, go on. Yeah, man, Andy Dalton. I uh, I also had him on my fantasy squad last year because I had no choice. Um, <laughs> yeah, this dude like realizes in the eighth or ninth round is oh crap. This is a two quarterback league. Oh, that's right. <laughs> no, 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 I knew, but, like, I was waiting just because quarterback is traditionally really deep. Um, but in our league, I think people took quarterbacks a little too early, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And so there just wasn't a whole lot to choose from. I mean, my starting quarterbacks on day one of fantasy last year were Trevor Simeon and Andy Dalton. So <laughs> the fact that I made it to the, to the championship is, like, what? <laughs> um, it's because you took a chance on Ezekiel Elliott and Kareem Hunt and just wailed on everybody. Yeah. Um, and also I lost Odell. So just saying. Uh, anyway, Andy Dalton, <laughs> I, I'm sad to see a guy like A.J. Green. Like, man, dang it, I wish he'd move on because that dude's so talented and Andy Dalton's just not. Like, he's, I don't think he's ever going to put it together. Um, my second is Jameis Winston. Haven't ever been a believer in that guy. I always thought he was overrated, overhyped. Um, I I think to at, at this moment, I would still take Mariota over Jameis. Not saying a whole lot, but I, I just don't. I don't. I don't believe in the guy's talent. I I actually went to watch him play the Vikes last year, and um, he was just not good at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not a huge Jameis Winston fan, if you couldn't tell. Um, my third is Joe Flacco. As much as I don't believe in Lamar Jackson, okay. um, I think Joe Flacco is not a good quarterback. I think he got really lucky a couple of times and ended up getting a huge contract because of it. I mean, the guy had a game last year where he threw under 30 yards, like an yeah. entire game, a whole game. Now, granted, that was against Jacksonville. Get it. But you're a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You threw for under 30 yards for an entire game. Most quarterbacks at least have a completion of 30 yards or more in a game. Like, so the fact that that was his total for a whole game, um, I think Joe Flacco's done. Like, whether Lamar Jackson is ready or not, I think sooner rather than later he replaces Joe Flacco because I don't think it gets much worse. So, at least with Lamar Jackson, you might have. 
a playmaker. You might have a guy that can at least electrify the team a little bit. Um, yeah, man, I, I look at Joe Flacco a lot like I look at Jay Cutler, to be honest. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, let's move on to running backs. <laughs> running backs, I am excited to watch this year. And like Dustin said, I have to be fair. And um, before his injury in just the small sample size, Dalvin Cook looked so good. And just as a football fan, I really do hope that he comes back and, and he's, he's healthy. All reports from training camp are that he looks bigger, faster, stronger, more athletic after the injury, which sometimes is the case now. So with Cook, I'm excited to see if he can stay healthy because, like you said, anytime there's an injury, it's a shame. And, um, you know, for the sake of the Vikings, they deserve to have Cook healthy. Number two for me is Alvin Kamara. Yeah, boy. I am really excited to see how he handles the load. And I know that Sean Payton has been saying he's not going to get 25 touches a game, which I understand. But without Mark Ingram and in his second year, I'm excited to see. Hopefully, if you know, hopefully there's no drop off, um, and hopefully he can handle the load because last year he averaged only nine carries a game. He only carried the ball nine times a game, and then he caught. I don't know what he averaged, Dustin. How many catches did he average? Maybe four or five. He averaged. He averaged like 10 yards a catch, though, too, which is insane as a running back. So I'm excited to watch him and see where he picks up um, from last year and if he can handle the load without Mark Ingram. Number three for me is kind of a guy maybe not expect me to say, but Duke Johnson for the Browns because there might not be a better pass-catching running back in the NFL. I know that's saying a lot. I know that's saying a lot, but on a terrible team for the last couple of years, Duke Johnson has been absolutely phenomenal in his role. Absolutely phenomenal. He is so good after the catch. He's elusive. He breaks tackles. He's great out of the backfield. He's great in the slot. And with all of those weapons that Cleveland has, like you said, the potential is there if they stay healthy. I've, they paid Duke Johnson. He's not going anywhere. So the competition is between Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb. Duke Johnson has his job, and he's going to get some carries too. So I'm excited to see where he takes his, his level up this year with a lot more talent around him. There's going to be more attention on Josh Gordon, on Jarvis Landry, um, probably on David Njoku. So Duke Johnson is going to be able to do his thing and have a little bit less attention on him. So I'm excited to watch him. Dustin, you're up. You're three running backs. Yeah, and Cleveland, by the way, might still sign Dez, which would just open it up <laughs> even more for Duke Johnson. So we'll, we'll see. But I like those. I like them a lot. Um, so my number one running back is going to be Mr. Saquon Barkley. Um, I've watched a lot of content on that guy coming into the draft and all that stuff. Um, he's a really stand-up dude. Like, um, his talent is just insane, right? Like I think um, he's one of the major pieces New York's just been missing over the last few years. And granted their O-line isn't great, but I think Saquon can really make up for some of that because his talent is so crazy. Um, I've been watching a lot of training camp footage and stuff of him and he's, he's moving heads for sure. 
I think he's gonna I think he's gonna kill it. And at the end of the day, that just opens up the window more for Sterling Shepard and Odell. Like Odell might have his best season this year if he stays healthy because they're gonna be a lot more balanced. Um so really, really like Saquon. My second is going to be Darius Geis. Um, a lot of reports coming out of Re- uh, Redskins Another camp. rookie. Yeah, dude. I, I'm really excited about this year's class for running backs. Like, there's, there's a lot of guys that I'm really interested in and see what they do. Um, but Geis, by all accounts, is just crushing it. Um, so I'll be excited to see him. Um, and uh, my third, Alvin Kamara. I mean, I got to be a little <laughs> – little bit of a homer there um, but coming into his second year. Um, and, you know, like you said, he's, he's going to have a lot more of that on his shoulders while Ingram's out. Um, and uh, as much as I love Mark Ingram, there's a lot of chatter going on that Mark Ingram is probably going to start taking more of a backseat in that offense and Kamara is going to get the majority of the workload. I don't exactly agree with that. I think Ingram is more of a hammer for sure. Um, He's more of a power runner where Kamara is a lot more of the finesse. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does with Ingram out. I mean, clearly I'm not excited about Ingram being out, but if there's a silver lining, that's got to be it. It's just getting Kamara more carries, getting him in the flow a little bit earlier. Um, and I, he's just awesome. Like we couldn't have been more lucky than to grab him. Um, yeah, let me some Alvin Kamara. And uh, in our fantasy league, Nick gets to keep him for his last pick. Which is, dude, I'm so mad at myself that I didn't take Alvin Kamara. <laughs> you know what's hilarious? After the Saints-London game, I dropped Kamara. I picked him up for one week, and then I dropped him because he didn't do a whole lot, or I think I needed somebody else. I don't remember. But I had him on my roster and dropped him. Nick picked him up that week, and the next week, well, the rest is history because he never let him go. All right, let's let's switch this up a little bit. One running back that you are not excited to watch. And for me, uh, it's Doug Martin. I'm not excited to watch Doug Martin. I'm not excited to hear John Gruden say that he likes Doug Martin. I'm not excited if I'm Marshawn Lynch about Doug Martin. I'm not excited about Doug Martin if I'm a Raiders fan. I don't want Doug Martin on the field more than maybe four to six carries a game. No, you know what? Just no, I don't want him on the field. Jalen Richard might be the best running back on that team, but guess what? Marshawn Lynch wanted to play for his hometown Raiders. So they let him do that. And actually let Marshawn be Marshawn next year or this year, this season, let, let Marshawn be Marshawn because towards the end of the season, he actually wasn't that bad as the season progressed. He was pretty good. In fact, if you had him in fantasy, he was a guy that you were starting. He wasn't a guy that you were afraid to start. He wasn't going to blow up, but he was going to average, you know, between four and five yards a carry and get you some yards. So let Marshawn be himself. Please, please don't give Doug Martin much of a role, even though some reports have said that it might be a split backfield. Don't do it. Please do not do that. Don't do it. I don't want to see it. Raiders fans don't want to see it. The only one that might want to see it is Doug Martin's mom, okay? Let's just be real. <laughs> Don't do it. I'm it's sorry, actually funny. I'm sorry. It's actually funny um, because I didn't even think of this at the time. But Marshawn Lynch was, <laughs> was mine. <laughs> no way. Okay, all right, go. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. 
This will yeah. be funny. This will be funny. Dude, like I love and these. I, and hold on, I'm not excited to see Marshawn by any means. I'm I'm not excited to see him. He was he's just kind of like eh for me. I'm indifferent. So if you're not yeah. excited, then go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, and I, it, dude, I love I love Beast Mode. Um, I think that it's hilarious. Uh, you know, when he went through all the media stuff with I'm just here so I don't get fined. The Skittles thing is awesome. Like Pepsi, the Pepsi commercial. Yeah, like I love Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> but and 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 if he was still with the Seahawks, I'd probably be a lot more excited. Um, you know, about him. I just I I don't see him doing anything great with the Raiders. I just don't. Um you know, when he first signed up with them, I was like, okay, like this might revitalize his career a little bit and he might crush it for Oakland. Um, yeah, I, I'm not excited. To, I'm not excited to watch Marshawn Lynch at all. I think that running back um, spot on the Raiders is going to be really, really rough. Like Marshawn's probably at the tail end of his career and he's, he runs hard. Um, he's not, he does not shy away from contact whatsoever. And so, you know, those miles start to pile up a little bit and Seattle used to ride him super hard. So, um, not excited to watch Marshawn Lynch. Unfortunately, it pains me to say that I wish that I was cause I love the guy. Um, but that's one of the hard things about being a, an NFL fan is just the career of these guys isn't very long and you got to say goodbye to him sooner rather than later in most cases. So, um, I had to go with Marshawn, man. But that's yeah, funny. I, I, I think the Raiders future running back is in next year's draft class somewhere that's it's coming. So, all right. Um, before we get into some dad stuff real fast running back that you think could surprise this year for me, it is carry on Johnson from the Detroit lions rookie out of Auburn. You know, they signed LeGarrette Blunt, and I don't think he's got a whole lot left in the tank. He might be the guy that gets some goal line work. Amir Abdullah might not make the team. Theo Riddick is clearly just a third down back, and he's good at it. And so with all the work that they did this offseason showing that they want to run the football, you know, they signed LeGarrette Blunt. So they signed LeGarrette Blunt. They drafted on Johnson. They're going to try to run the football. They beefed up their O-line. And Matt Patricia is coming in saying, you know, we're, we're, we want to run the football. We want to run the football. And good. It's the NFC North. You should be able to run the football. Uh, and, and in Kerryon Johnson's case, I think he's got a clear-cut advantage to be able to run away with the lead back role. And he might surprise some people. If you're in the fantasy realm at all, you know that he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on in the later rounds because – if he ends up becoming that workhorse and he ends up becoming the guy that gets the majority of the work, which I think he will, he could, he could end up surprising you. He could end up, you know, getting you, I don't know. I, I, I would say if he becomes the lead back, I don't see why he couldn't rush for a thousand yards and maybe seven or eight touchdowns on the ground. So mine is carry on Johnson. I like that. Um, for me, and a lot of people might say like, oh, you're really going out on a limb there. But for me, it's going to be JJ. Um, I think a lot of people, uh, I think at this point, he's probably a bigger name than uh, what he's produced, right? He had a couple of 200 yard games, which was just freaking insane. Like most running backs are never going to have a game like that, much less have two in the same year. 
Um, So uh, that's kind of when he started to take the scene a little bit, but he hasn't really done much since then. Um, I know he had some, some nagging injuries and stuff like that going on, but um, being in Philly, you know, clearly everybody's going to be gunning for them. They're going to have to start doing a little bit more than just passing the ball every down. Um, And I think, I think Jay Ajayi, now that he's had, he's going to have a full training camp with those guys. He's not just going to be trying to plug in somewhere. Um, A lot of people think it's going to be a committee, but I could really see most of the work going to Jay Ajayi. Um, So we'll see what happens, but I really do think he could break out for them this year. The talent's there. As long as he can, it's the same story and everything. As long as he can keep the health health where it needs to be, um, I could see Ajayi really explode this year. Um, and it could go one two ways. Like, right, he could really, really explode, or he could just fall off and do absolutely nothing. Um, he's he's one of those guys right now. So we'll see what happens. But um, I'm I'm taking the shot on on Jay Ajayi. Yeah, as long as his knees are are in good shape. I think he's got a good shot too. All right, let's wrap this up here. Uh, I had something on the agenda. We're going to kind of go with the flow here and switch it up a little bit. To wrap it up, uh, this isn't going to be too long, but it's definitely going to be worthwhile and worth going over. I just want to answer one question. And that question is, what is the best fatherly advice you have ever been given? And I will start and say, this, this, this answer's got a lot of layers to it, but I will say that the best fatherly advice I've ever been given was by my own father. And it was to make sure that your kids know that you will always love your wife more than you love them. Now, some people might kind of hear that and go, what? That doesn't make any sense. I've even heard, I've worked with people. I've, I have had coworkers and people that I've met that have said, oh, I'll, I'll love my kids no matter what. You know, that my, my wife could leave me or my blah, blah, blah. And my kids will never leave, blah, you know, whatever. Why would you, why would you love your wife more than your kids? Well, quite simply, it's biblical. You are to become one flesh. That's the most important relationship you will ever have with any other human on this planet is with your spouse. So now I will say this, if you're listening to this and you are a single dad, first of all, I have the utmost respect for you more than anyone else in the entire world. I have the most respect for single dads who do it right because it is the hardest job in the world. It is the hardest job in the world. So if you're a single dad, then your job is to let your kids know that you love them so much more than you love yourself. That's your job. But if you do have a wife, then the advice is to let your kids know that you love your wife more than you love your kids. And I'll never forget when I was a little kid, I, you know, I, every kid pulls this card like, Daddy, who do you love the most, me or... I have a brother named Reese. So I'd always say, who do you love the most? Me or Reese or, you know, whatever. And every single time, well, not every, I say every single time because it was just a couple times before it took me like, okay, yeah, I get it. He's serious. But every time he would say, well, I, I love your mom the most. And I'd say, dad, no, I, I, come on, dad, who do you love the most? Me or Reese? He'd say, no, I, I love your mom more than anybody else in the world. I'd say, 
really? You know, as a kid, like you do? Well, yeah, <laughs> I love your mom. And then I love you and your brother. Second, it's a close second, but it's a second. So husbands, dads out there, I say this not because uh, my marriage is perfect. It's far from it. I say this not because I'm a, a perfect dad because I'm far from it. Um, but that is the best advice I've ever been given as a dad. And I will admit, man, Dustin knows just as much as I do, just as much as anybody else out there listening to this does. It gets really, really hard to follow that advice because you feel like as a dad, you know, you work and then you go, okay, I need to make time to spend with my kids and play with my kids and whatever. And sometimes it becomes like, okay, well, the kids are in bed. I played with them. I spent time with them. I worked all day and now you're tired and you go, oh crap, I have to spend time with my wife. I need to spend time with my wife. She needs a piece of that, you know, emotional pie, so to speak. I still, I, I, I have to give her time. I have to, I have to make time for her. I have to show that she's loved, whatever it might be. You know, at the end of the day, we've all been there. If it's, you know, you just hanging out and, and I'll be honest, most of the time for us, we both work multiple jobs, you know, with both kids, it's crazy. Um, schedules get insane for us. We love nothing more than just really at the end of the night, putting the kids to bed, hanging out, grabbing some food and watching a movie or watching a TV show and just relaxing together because we don't get a lot of time to relax, whether it's together or on our own. And so that's a lot of the time how we hang out and spend time together. And that's what we do. But to make sure that you always strive to put your wife before your kids, guess what? Your kids are going to grow up knowing exactly how a woman and a wife should be treated. Whether you have a son or a daughter, it goes both ways. If you have a son, your son's going to grow up knowing exactly how he should treat his future wife. Your daughter, on the other hand, like Dustin's little girl and my little girl, when she's old enough to understand, is going to understand this is the kind of man that I want to marry and I will settle for nothing less. That over anything is the most practical reason of why you should always make it known that you love your wife more than anybody, including your kids. That's what Makes I got. Makes sense. Makes sense. Love it. Um, so for me, um, man, it's, it's hard to think, but, uh, for me, I think it's just going to be making sure that you set aside a intentional time. Um, you know, so for those of you that know me, I live a crazy life and I, uh, oftentimes, you know, people ask me about balance. Like, how do you balance everything? And most of the time my answer is I don't believe in balance. I think balance is BS. I do what I do me and I do what works for my family. And again, I don't really care what anybody else has to say about it. Um, I work my freaking face off. I work probably twice as much as the average person, mostly because I love it right? Like that, that is my hobby. Like I love to work. That's my thing. Um, I run a business and it's, um, it's a big challenge, but the bigger challenge, right? Is setting aside intentional time for my daughter that she knows this is put away. There's no, like daddy's not taking phone calls. I'm not checking Facebook. I'm not answering messages. I'm not texting. Usually for me, that time is between, um, five and 7 PM 
right? She goes to bed around seven most nights. I get home around five most days. So those two hours in the evening, those are for me and her, right? And it's even if it's just little things like getting her dinner and, you know, give her a bath or um, watching a movie with her, like whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But most people in my life know between 5 and 7 p.m., that's the only time I'm not touchable, like at all. I don't care. You could you could say, hey, our office is building down or burning down. Oh, well, it can wait until 7 p.m. Like, I don't know what to tell you. For those two hours, Monday through Friday, I am not touchable. You will not reach me. I'm not answering anything about work. I'm not checking emails. I'm not getting back to clients. I don't care. Like, to me, if somebody can't wait for those two hours that I'm devoting to my daughter out of my 24-hour day, too bad. Like, I probably don't want to talk to you anyway. Um, so that is, that's well known on our team and anybody I speak to like, Hey, don't get offended, but just know five to 7 PM. I'm not responding to you about anything. I, I don't care what it is. It, uh, somebody better be dying if, if I'm getting back to you. Right. So, um, so that's just kind of like a non-negotiable in my house. Like I'm the first one to leave our office every day and make no mistake. I'm also the first one in, but the reason I'm leaving early and everybody knows I'm getting home to spend those two hours with my daughter. As soon as she's in bed, I'll be right back in the game, but I don't feel bad about it at all. I don't care what people think about it. I don't, I don't care if I get judged every single day that I'm the first one to leave. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get home and I'm going to spend time with my daughter because she needs that from me, period. Um, so that's kind of my biggest thing, um, you know, and, and uh, actually it was Haley's grandpa that passed away that gave me that advice, was just setting aside intentional time, and I really took it to heart, and that will forever be the thing, you know. She's going to know that, um, you know, she's going to know that I work extremely hard, and she's going to know that dad's all about the hustle and whatever, like I'm about that life, but she's also going to know that I make sure I give her intentional time. And obviously she's going to get more of that in the evenings um, as she gets a little older and doesn't go to bed at seven, you know, then it'll turn into five to eight or five to nine or whatever. But for me, it's just really important that when I get home until she goes to bed, my time and attention belongs to her period. That's good. That's good. Well, hopefully you guys got something out of that. Um, if anything, you, uh, you're encouraged to go be a better dad as we are every time we do this, because don't think just because we're, we're dishing this out means that we've got it down. In fact, most nights, uh, I think I speak for both of us when we're talking and we're speaking these words inside, we're thinking, Hey, let's make sure that we go walk the walk now. And we're not just talking. We got to make sure we back this up. And, it, and is everything that I'm saying true? Have I lived up to that this week or today or recently? So we are without a doubt preaching to ourselves every single time we do this. So overall, hopefully you guys are encouraged. Dads out there, um, whether or not you like or agree with our football stuff, we hope that you are encouraged by our dad stuff. And we hope that you can take something away from this to be the best dad possible. And like I said the last time, you know, dads out there, it doesn't matter what you have done or said 
or the person that you've been leading up to this point, whether it was last week, last month, last year, or yesterday. After hearing this, my hope, and I know Dustin's hope, is that you understand the next time you wake up. Well, for us, you know, it's it's late, so when we wake up. But when when you are hearing this, we hope that you can make a decision that the next day is going to be a fresh start, or it's going to be the best day, or it's going to be an improvement that you can look at it as a blank slate as a dad and say, you know what, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be the best dad that I can be and that you go do that. That's what our hope is above everything else, above anything sports related. We want you guys to feel encouraged and we hope that this world continues to be filled with stronger and stronger men uh, who are fathers. So Man, and that just hit me right here, right? Like for those of you that are watching on YouTube, like I'm, I'm wearing this shirt. It says "Worthy as F." <laughs> it's, a, it's a Gary V edition of uh, my boy Chris Jones and his company Generation Hero, and it's this idea that you know I am worthy, and really it's going to be a lifestyle brand for entrepreneurs and aspiring professionals. Um, and the the campaign is "I am worthy," right? And the symbol for that is. He has a hammer that's the heaviest in the world. It costs as much as a new Cadillac. Um, but, you know, um, the idea is like you're never going to lift this hammer above your head, right, like Thor could. And that's just – you're not. Trust me, you're not. Everybody thinks they can. You're not. Um, and the idea is, hey, you might not be worthy to lift that hammer, but you are worthy to chase every dream, every ambition, every goal. You're worthy of um, – you know, being an awesome friend, uh, a sibling, child, parent, right? So for fathers, you are worthy to be an awesome father. It doesn't matter what your past looks like or what you went through or what you might think holds you back from being an awesome father. At the end of the day, every single day, it's a choice. And you get to make that choice to wake up and be an awesome father and be the awesome dad that even if you didn't have, you wish you did. You get that opportunity every day. So just know that you're more than a walking ATM machine, okay? You're a father, you're a dad that, that has a lot of value and you are worthy to be that for your children. Yeah, that, uh, you know, you bring up another good point too, man. Uh, I just want to shout out uh, one of my other lifelong best friends, Justin Trainsrud, who, uh, Oh, he, he told me over the last few months we were talking and um, got kind of deep. And he said, because of, you know, not growing up with um, a father figure, you know, a, a stable father in his house, he told me that I am going to be the absolute best dad that I can be. I'm going to be the dad that I wanted to have. So shout out to Justin for having that attitude when you, you know, when he, when he finally settles down and has kids he's going to be a great dad. So, um, all right. Well, we went a little bit longer than we wanted to tonight, but thank you guys for listening and find us on Twitter. Did you just start playing a video? (laughs) My phone randomly started playing this thing. Sorry. (laughs) All right. Well, anyways, uh, yeah, this is totally unedited. Find us on Twitter at Dadball Podcast. I am at Ryan Heckman FS. Dustin is at D Todd Hart. We have family to get to and time to spend with them. So we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Peace.